Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Simple Theology Podcast, a podcast connecting theology to everyday life by examining various doctrines of the Christian faith, except today we're not looking at a doctrine. We are getting a little bit technical and in the weeds mm. as to how to dig deep into the scriptures. This is where Rob plays golf. I'm Robert Kane. And I'm Rick Gromlich. Yeah, that is where I play golf. In, in the, the weeds. For sure. So today's episode a little bit more technical. I talk a lot, go through uh, some things to look at to dig deep into a passage. Yeah, he also talks about airplanes and Starsky and Hutch. Starsky and Hutch. And Do it. The macro Do it. and the micro. So hopefully you guys can tune in and listen to today's app. Hopefully you are encouraged. You doing good man how are you good got my I'm, third cup of coffee today yeah you're ready i'm feeling a little chipper um how's your bladder feeling uh super relieved at this moment it's like a we recorded the last episode and it was not feeling relieved mm. in fact it was feeling pretty full finished the episode did the intro ran to the bathroom Pino. feeling good right now got another cup of coffee good so i'm filling that thing back up got to keep it working you know don't let it How much, much coffee rest. do you drink in a day? Typically three cups. Now, do you do like pour over? Do you do I French wish. press? Do you do uh, no, I just typically Keurig? Whatever coffee I can get my hands on. So you're an addict? Uh, yes. Okay. okay. We're going to go ahead and put pause Glad on the episode. Glad you're mastered by that, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> what do you know? Hmm. Um, so today, we're going to talk about how not to be mastered. <laughs> by anything. Yeah. Primarily coffee. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, but there are actually a lot of people who probably are mastered by coffee, um, and they just don't want to admit it. I probably borderline am. Okay. Like, if I didn't have coffee, mm-hmm. like, my day wouldn't be ruined or anything like that, but I'd get a headache. Yeah. And so, that's not fun, but, but I really like coffee. That's good. It's so. a gift from the Lord. Enjoy, but don't overindulge. Amen. So, uh, Rob... One of the ways that you know that you can enjoy coffee is because you know it's a gift, mm. and Scripture tells you to enjoy the things that the Lord has given you. Mm. You know what? Same reason I you agree. know that you, which I know you often do, drink alcohol. Right? Stop. So <laughs> I do not. You often I can't partake. Do this. Any SBC North American Mission Board <laughs> leaders listening to this? This may be your first time listening. <laughs> this may be your last time listening. Yeah. Rick is facetious. He likes to try yeah. to get me in trouble. I'm sorry. I thought you were under Keep the, sending those funding checks. I thought you were <laughs> don't, under... Don't cut me off because of this joke. I thought Rob was under the covenant of grace, but mm. apparently... Yeah, it's not. Apparently it's still under the cover of the works. <laughs> no. JK, but JK. it's important that we do interpret scripture correctly. Yes. Right? Amen. Amen and amen. We're going to talk about that today. Yes. Yeah, so today is going to be slightly more of a technical episode. We, I know, mm. guys, I know I have not lost sight of what the title of our podcast is. We know it's Simple Theology. Simple. But today it's going to be... Unsimple Theology. Technical <laughs> Theology. No, it's, yeah, we're, we're going to get a little bit more into the weeds because we think it's beneficial. So if you need to hit pause, grab a little... Scroll. Grab a scroll. And quill. Grab pen. your quill. Grab your inkwell. Mm. Um, dab a couple times and start taking notes. Which Rob would know about because he used to have one of these. I used to have a fountain pen, not a quill. Uh, um, I think you had like a little thing in the... I had an, an ink 
yeah. bottle. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, I still yeah. have it, actually. You use it? No, no, I don't. I got another uh, fountain pen, though, from Southern for graduating. Oh, yeah? They sent one in the mail. They are a classy bunch. Well, you gave them a heck of a lot of money, so... <laughs> yeah, I better get at least a oh. entry-level... Fountain pen. <laughs> Pilot Metropolitan fountain pen. <laughs> is that uh, what it is? Yeah, it's actually a nice little fountain I'm pen. It's this up right now. very entry-level. However, um, it's a reliable, good fountain pen. I have not used it because the nib on it, and that's oh, the little part that... You and your words... Weird is uh, medium and <laughs> oh, those medium I, like, nibs. I like to use fine <laughs> so that's why it hasn't been broken out oh all the jokes about rob being like a hipster and all that stuff <laughs> hey would you say what talking about would you say the, the pair of glasses that i have now the nib of his pen would you say the pair of glasses and, and i don't wear these glasses to work um, because i'm not fully i haven't fully embraced them um, would you say they're more or less hipster than my other ones Slightly just a scope. No, they're completely hipster. Yeah, totally. You would say so? Rob, let me listen up, listeners, as you're getting your, <laughs> your, your quill and your yeah, inkwell While you're grabbing your writing utensils. Um, Rob is featuring a uh, oh plastic round rim clear glass. Glasses. Glass. <laughs> glass for, two, for both eyes plus the frame. <laughs> no, the frame is clear plastic. Mm-hmm. Um or as some might say, transparent, mm. but it's not really transparent. Um, plastic. It looks hipster. Like there's a little bit of like the, the academia with the roundness. It's not like a square oh, body frame. Take what I can get. Um, yeah, it looks good. Very hipster. Oh, thank get you. that in your metro pilot metropolitan fountain pen. <laughs> no, with, not, not with, using that. With the a nib's medium. Too, yeah, the, the nib is too nib. thick. <laughs> Instead, I've got my pilot precise B5. <laughs> okay. Can I tell you we're These getting lost? We're getting so lost. I've rocked my world. How many people? Not not a ton, but multiple people have talked about our episode where we, we reviewed the ES or the CSB Bible. Oh yeah, and they're like nice. yeah, great. And then the the word for the little extra part of the the <laughs> what's that called? Oh man, now that you asked me, that's why I forgot um, about it. the yap. The yap, yes, the yap. <laughs> people people have made comments about the Rob's. Um, Deep dive into the yap of the uh, CSP Bible, which we we love the CSP Bible. They're not sponsoring us anymore, but we still are definitely yeah pro CSP. Yeah, exactly. So back to okay. So speaking you, of CSP, we're taking a deep dive into dive, scripture. And CSP right. is a form of scripture. It is scripture, but it's, uh, uh, hello. What? <laughs> okay, getting a little too excited. Anyways, we are. It's the coffee. If you have to take notes, do it. If you have to listen to this episode twice, do it. What about a third? Time? Do it. <laughs> Starsky and Hutch. <laughs> ben, ben Stiller's character. All Do right. it. Do it. Okay. Uh, about one, maybe two people got that. How many minutes are we into this thing? Uh, six. Okay. Let's <laughs> keep going. Um, on the recording side, not even including the intro, so probably more like seven. But anyway, so it's easy. We say all the time. God is good. Yes, but that's not where I was going. <laughs> Not to take scripture out of context. You have to look at the full context mm-hmm. of scripture. Because you take scripture out of context, you get a cult. Okay? Jehovah's Witnesses, <laughs> Latter-day cult. Saints slash Mormons, I'm looking at you. <laughs> Can't take scripture out of context. So, um, and that's how you just get a lot of false doctrines, um, false understandings of what mm-hmm. the Bible says. That's why you get people saying the Bible contradicts itself. Because they'll take one one verse, take it out of context, and they won't look at it in the, the full context, not only of that passage, but also of all of Scripture. And so we're going to look at um, a few things to look for in the text mm-hmm. to help you take a deep dive mm-hmm. and to um, just help you 
try to safeguard. This isn't this isn't totally foolproof. I would say next to nothing other than just lots of time in the word is totally foolproof. Even that you could end up taking something out of context. But this will help put up some safeguards. Right, safeguards. Yeah, and and I would say scripture um, is a unique thing in that there's so much. At the very surface level, you can, you know, the saying, you can barely scratch the surface. There's so much there, but you can't plumb the depths of it. It's so deep. Yeah. And and that includes, um, it even, it gets technical. Like, yes, the gospel is simple. Yes, scripture is simple. But it's also very, actually complex and deep. Um, it's not unattainable. It's not a second knowledge that only special people can reach to. Yeah. But it is deep. It, it does become academic. It does become uh, difficult and require a lot of, of robust uh, work and understanding and, 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 and effort to understand it. So, so now that I'm wearing these these academia mm, glasses, there you go. I'm going to pull out a word here. Pull Rick, it out. Um, an academic word regarding what you just said. Yes. The perspe- perspicuity of, tr- of Scripture. Perspicuity. Yes. I can't not even to be say it right. confused with promiscuity. No, 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 no. <laughs> okay. It's not what Perspicuity of Scripture. Yes. Which is essentially saying that Scripture is written plain enough for anyone mm-hmm. to understand. Mm-hmm. There's not a special knowledge that you have to attain, a special right. level of understanding for you to under, understand Scripture. Mm-hmm. It's, it's written in a way that pretty much anyone can understand. Right. Yes, and we believe that, believe that to be true. So we're going to lay out some, some helpful tools. So the first thing is when you look at Scripture, kind of big picture on, on the the we'll call it the macro, macro level. Yeah. Macro is is uh, Latin for it's just really 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 big. Um, <laughs> it's uh, it's Latin for <laughs> uh, uh, big, huge, <laughs> huge, huge. <laughs> anyway, the macro level, the big picture, the thirty thousand foot view, <laughs> as some would say. This is where you see that the Earth isn't so flat. So if you anymore. were flying in a plane, <laughs> planes typically thirty thousand feet in the air, and you were to look down, <laughs> what would you see? This is what you would see. Here's the horizon. I don't know who I'm trying to sound I like don't when know. I do that. I don't know. I don't Starsky and Hutch guys? Again? I no, don't know. not them. I don't okay. know. <laughs> anyway, Rob, walk us through this this macro level of how we view Scripture. And there's we talk about these kind of horizons. And you may have heard of this before because it's been probably about a year and a half when we talked about these. Maybe even more. Um, um, but walk us through those, Rob. Yeah, so there, we talk about three horizons, so to speak, of um, scripture, mm-hmm. and this is to help ensure that you are looking at all of Scripture um, without forsaking the immediate context. And so, what these are, they're three different contexts. So we say, don't take it out of context. That doesn't mean just okay, read the verse before it and the verse after it, um, but it also means take into consideration the passage, take into consideration the book, take into consideration the fact that it's in the New Testament or the Old. Testament, taking into consideration which covenant the authors were writing under, taking into consideration all of the Bible. So here, here are those three horizons. The first one is the literary context, which is exactly what I just said. So you're looking at um, the passage. So what type of um, writing is this? Is this poetry? Is this wisdom? Is this prophetic? Is this a gospel? Is this an epistle? Is this um, more of a revelatory type. What, what is this? What is this historical? What type of literature mm-hmm. is the author writing? So, for instance, if I were to read um, Ephesians, 
I would read that and those phrases with a different understanding than I would the Psalms. So when Psalm 19 talks about the sun coming out of its chambers, it doesn't literally mean that the sun was in his room uh, sleeping, and that's why it was nighttime. And then when he opened up the doors (laughs) and came out, he and talks about running his course. He doesn't have legs, he's running his course. It's poetry. Mm -hmm. We understand it's poetry. Mm -hmm. But when... Um, we read in, uh, I'm trying to think of an example, in the in Galatians, when Paul is telling them to uh, not embrace circumcision, mm-hmm. he's, he's actually talking about not embracing circumcision. Right, literally. Yeah. So, you have to understand the literary context. Um, so, not only the literary style, but also the, the passage that you're in. So, it, just because an, an author is saying something, are they quoting somebody else? Are they combating it? So, for instance, Job, mm-hmm. like we read in Job, um, his friends saying things. So right. you could pull out something that his friend, one of his friends said that the Lord revealed at the end of the book were mm-hmm. not faithful. Right. And you could say, the Bible says this. You right. see it in Job 36, or you right. see it in Job 22, you know what I mean? And it might right. be one of his friends saying something false. Right. So you can't just pull out, you have to look at the passage, you have to look at the, the book right. in its whole. He's speaking, where they say, yeah, exactly. Whole thing. Um, but then you also have to look at, hey, it, it, what what covenant is this written under? Is this written under the Mosaic covenant? Is this written under the Noahic? Is this written under the the Davidic? Just to have some, some context behind mm-hmm. that. And that gets into one that's, that's later. But you have to understand the literary context. Mm-hmm. So that's the first horizon. Yes. The second horizon is the historical context. So when we talk about the historical context, we talk about what's going on in history at this particular time. So to help you understand what this phrase means, you need to understand what is going on in the area around uh, this time period. So for instance, um, Peter, First Peter. Yes. He is talking to dispersed Christians. And so what we know historically is that these Christians are being persecuted by Emperor Nero. Mm-hmm. And so therefore, like we, it helps us better understand the passage because we know the historical context, the historical background of what's going on. The third horizon is the canonical context, which I already kind of alluded to, but where is this in the canon of scripture? Is this under a particular uh, covenant that would um, understand this differently than in a different covenant? And when I say differently, I mean like maybe in, in uh, the Old Covenant uh, where we see the promise of a king and the promise of a land. Mm-hmm. Israel would understand that as a physical king and a physical land. So the land of Israel and King David or someone from his line. Us being under the New Covenant, Covenant of Grace, we would say yes and right. it's going to be greater, more so fulfilled so we see that the Jesus is going to come back. He is our king from the line of David, mm-hmm. our ultimate king, and he's coming back to create new heavens and new earth. Right. There's the ultimate land. Right. So all the dispensationalists are mad at me for that. But anyways, mm, understanding the literary context, the historical context, and the canonical context. One yes. of the things um, it, with canonical context is biblical theology. Mm-hmm. So let's say it's something about the land, so mm-hmm. to speak. What does all of Scripture say about the land? Not just this one verse right, right here. Right, right. What does, from the old, from Genesis to Revelation, what does all of Scripture say, and how, how do those fit together? 
No, that's great. It's super helpful when we begin to just ask those on a big and again, macro level, 30,000 foot, right? Mm, 30,000. Uh-huh. You're thinking, okay, well, what's what's the literary? What's what, you know, what's kind of genre are we in? Historically, what's going on? In canonical, how's this fitting into all of scripture? How's this taking place? And, and, and I would encourage you to practice asking those questions as you're going through scripture and at first it might feel clunky and it might slow you down and and you might be really confused on some things or not sure where they fit in but as you practice kind of working scripture through that kind of grid it's going to help you to really understand what's going on what's being said and keep you from uh hopefully taking scripture out of context and misapplying or misunderstanding scripture yep so that's a big level rob Mm, big now thirty thousand foot come down to like you know, the kids flying the kite, so mm. maybe 50 feet, maybe 20 feet off the planet. Mm, okay, okay. Well, how do we handle that? You're not... So 15 take, feet off the ground. Yeah, you can't see the curvature of the Earth, that's right? That's right. You just see what's you might, right you in front of you. You might buy into the flat Earth theory at this You at might this be point. a flat Earther if you're micro level. Yep. Okay. But we have some great tools, process, processes to, to help look at Scripture and to evaluate some things. So again, the tool for the Three Horizon tool for the macro... For the micro, like, what are some ways we can be digging more out of Scripture? How to dig more out of it? Yeah. Okay. So there, there are plenty of ways that you can kind of um, things you can find on the internet of to how to rightly understand a passage, things to look for. Mm-hmm. And and I'm not saying that those are wrong by any means. A lot of them have more helpful ways of remembering it. Um, I tried to, I this this list of things that I have here, and it's a list of ten things. I was trying to like boil it down to maybe three or five, like try to make it easier for myself to remember. But I just kept adding something like, man, it's really helpful for me to, to pick this out too and to understand this and to see this in the text. And so this list has zero um, like mnemonic devices. So mm-hmm. this is not a list that's put Rob together. Rob design this for your memory. <laughs> exactly. It's just 10 things to be looking for. They don't it's all start simple. with the same letter. They're, they don't all... Um, have the same amount. I mean, it does, doesn't create an acrostic or anything like that. It's just these are the ten things. You should have put more work into it. I, I totally should have. <laughs> but these are the ten things if you really want to dig deep into a passage to look for. And this list is for sure not exhaustive. You could add things to this list. Mm-hmm. Totally. Please don't take it that this these are the only ten things. But these ten things will be very helpful. They've been helpful to me. Um, and as you do it more, you'll just start to remember these things mm-hmm. as you are reading. Um, I, I used to write down these things as I was reading, and, and not to say that I won't ever do that again. Right. Rob's more spiritual than that. He's matured out of that No, phase. definitely not. Definitely not. Um, it would be helpful for me to do it again. But I just started remembering, like, okay, mm-hmm. look for this, look for this, look yeah. for this. So um, here we go. Ten things. The first three are the three Ps. Mm-hmm. People, places, phrases which i get why you did that because as a baptist you have to have three yes it has to be three and, it has mm-hmm. to be and the, the, next, the next two number four and five they yeah. also start the same letter you but not lose it after three but people places yeah. phrases that good baptist start there exactly then so you, then you fall off the wagon then i fall off the wagon a little bit but then after five i really fall off so anyways mm-hmm. um people what people are being mentioned here who's talking who are they talking about list the people Write down the names of those who are involved with this passage, even if they're being quoted. Mm-hmm. Uh, places. What places are being mentioned? Are they referring back to Mount Sinai? Are they referring to the, the Amorites, the Hittites? Mm-hmm. Are, are they referring to the Sadducees, the Pharisees? Is, um, 
or sorry, I'm talking about people now, uh, but places, are they, are they talking about different places uh, throughout scripture that may have some theological significance? So we're covering people, uh, we're covering places, and now phrases. So one of the things to make sure that you don't overlook in, in scripture is as you're reading a passage, there may be a lot of references. So I mentioned Galatians earlier, a lot of references to circumcision. Mm. And so there may be like, hey, there's a lot of references to circumcision of the flesh, circumcision of, of the flesh, and then maybe other places, circumcision of the spirit, or um, maybe there's some phrases of um, the law. So be on the lookout for um, phrases that are being thrown around in a passage. It's not to say that every passage is going to have consistent phrases repeated, but you want to at least be aware because if there are some, then you don't want to overlook them because there's probably some mm -hmm. theological significance yeah. to that. Number four is similar to number three, but it's slightly different, um, and that's things. So four and five, they both start with T, things and themes. So we've got people, places, phrases, and then things and themes. So things would be um, something like a sword. Or, okay. um, so like thinking of the um, armor of God. Yeah. You could list each of those things. Like mm -hmm. a helmet, a shield, a sword. These are the things that are being mentioned. Right. Elements. Um, yeah. If there's a consistent, repetitive nature, um, then you definitely want to pay attention to that. Themes is going to be like, hey, it seems like there's a overall theme in this passage of forgiveness. Mm -hmm. Or an overall theme of um, abiding in Christ or an overall theme of thankfulness. So look for um, those themes that are coming up in the passage. So first three, people, places, phrases. And number four and five, things and themes. And then we get into um, the second half. So the second half gets slightly more technical. So number six is the fallen condition. Okay. So what we mean by this, Brian Chapel has a great book um, on gospel-centered preaching, and he talks about the fallen condition focus. And I agree in large part with what he's talking about, but I believe it was Jonathan Pennington who added to that. Um, and I'll get into each of the things that he adds, but he embraces the fallen condition that the reason the scriptures were written is because we're fallen people. If we never fell away from our relationship with Christ, then we wouldn't need the scriptures to show us right. who God is and what it means to follow him. But because we're fallen people, we need that. So when Paul is writing to the Galatians, it's because he is addressing an aspect of their fallen nature. Um, and in each passage of scripture, it's addressing some aspect of our fallen condition. So with that, we want to be aware of, hey, what, what? What aspect of my fallen condition is this passage relating to? Am I not very thankful? Mm -hmm. Am I naturally not very forgiving? Am I naturally um, not loving? Am I naturally impatient because of my fallen condition? And so you want to try to identify what aspect of your fallen condition is this passage referring to? And it doesn't necessarily have to be you in general, but just mankind. So what aspect of mankind's fallen condition is this passage addressing that's number six mm. number seven and number seven and eight so six seven and eight are the things that jonathan pennington is kind of 
um, put in from the way he looks at scripture. So the following condition is number six. Number seven is redemptive solution. So I, I said this is going to get a little technical. I'm living up you, to that You right just now. go there. Yeah. You just get technical. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We got our pins yeah. and our quills. So redemptive solution. That we've, we've identified the fallen condition. So for example, I am um, naturally impatient. Mm-hmm. So what's the redemptive solution? How was Jesus, how did he display patience? And how can I, through him, also display patience? So that's the redemptive solution. Jesus did this on our behalf, and now, empowered by the Holy Spirit, we too can do this. So not to say that that we um, earn anything. Christ has earned everything on our behalf. I don't need to get into um, what saving faith is or anything like that. Like, save, save by faith alone through what Christ has done. Um, however, we're saved not just so that we can go on living in sin, but so that we can walk in holiness. And so how... Does Jesus address our fallen condition, and how does he, does his life, enable us to walk in holiness? Mm -hmm. And then, number eight, Mm. so number six, the fallen condition, recognizing what's wrong. Number seven, the redemptive solution. How did Jesus do it, and how through him can we also do it? And then number eight is the virtue formation. So Jesus, so I'm naturally impatient. This passage is talking about having patience. Clearly, it's addressing mankind's um, impatience. Jesus was patient, um, and so I can also be patient. And so now virtue formation. What should I do because of this? What kind of virtue Mm -hmm. should be formed in my life based off of this passage? So maybe I need to um, not snap at my wife, or maybe I need to be more patient with my children, or maybe I need to be more patient at work. And so I'm using patience here as the example, but you could apply this to whatever the passage is speaking on. So what does the passage address in your fallen nature? What does the passage, or how does Jesus address it in his life? And how through him can we also do that? And the virtue formation, how does it, how do, how does rubber meet the road? Mm -hmm. Um, What kind of virtues do I need to form in my life? So that's six, seven, and eight. Number nine, do you have anything to add? You're no, about to say something. I, well, I just, I think that um, it's really important that we see that, like, as you listed out the first uh, five of those, like, things, places, people, but then you really see, like, the, this is where the gospel begins to come out. Like, the yeah. fall, man's need for a savior because man's fallen, the redemptive solution, which is Jesus Christ through God because of God's plan, and then this changes us, right? Yeah, it's amen. Just, it's really good. That's good. So um, I'm just going to re reread one through eight real quick. So people, places, phrases, things, themes, fallen condition, redemptive solution, virtue formation. Now, number nine, something to recognize in the text is the character of God. So when we think about, again, going back to Uh, that example of patience, we may see the author writing to a people who are not showing patience. Mm -hmm. And we can see that, okay, not only is God loving to show his people um, what it looks like to be a follower of him, but it also reflects his character in that he is also a very patient God. How do we see this throughout 
uh, scripture. Man, he was really patient with the Israelites. He's really patient um, with those who have sinned against him throughout the course of history. He's really patient with me. And so we can see um, this passage, it, it highlights this particular characteristic of God. Right. And it may not always be the same one. Um, it may be it may be a different characteristic that is highlighted in God as he addresses something different in us. But try to think through how, what does this passage say about the character of God, whether that's explicitly uh, through straight up saying this is who God is, God is patient, um, God is love, or maybe implicitly like, oh, wow, I can see how God is gracious to me. Mm-hmm. through this it doesn't the pastor may not explicitly say god is gracious but you can start to see god's character come out of the passage um, as you think about what it means um, that he would reveal this to his people and then number 10 the final thing is summarize mm-hmm. summarize what you read maybe you read a couple chapters maybe you read a couple sentences but just summarize it in your own words um, here's what happened um Daniel refused to worship, was it King Darius? Mm-hmm. Um, he was thrown in the lion's den, and God spared him. Like, just, just summarize it. It helps you think through what you just read, um, and it helps you meditate on it. And so these ten things ultimately are so that we would meditate on Scripture, and that Scripture would take root, and that we would be faithful to Scripture and not take things out of context. But these... Um, at the end there, one of the best things to do is just to summarize, whether you write it down like a sentence, I would say try to keep it in one, maybe two sentences, but try to summarize it real quick. You don't have to get all the details. That's the point of a summary. Um, Me as a perfectionist, I tend to want to get all the details and feel like I'm missing something if I don't write it out, but just summarize it real quick overview. Yeah, I think it's helpful Again, same with the, the macro, the three horizons thing. As you begin to practice this, um, it'll feel clunky and it'll feel kind of laborious and slowed you down. But, but you'll begin to kind of pick up rhythm and it will do. A, it'll really help you to, as you go, through, go throughout your day, remember what you read. Remember, okay, how is that supposed to form me today? And how can I submit to that? And then again, that, that summary piece, right? That's kind of like, Okay, what do you do with it? So summarize the whole thing. Okay, that's everything that it means and what it's saying. Or, well, I shouldn't say everything, but that's yeah. a large por- portion of it. What do you do with that? That's part of summary. How do you apply this, right? So how do you practice patience? How do you, well, you, you pray for the Holy Spirit to give you wisdom and you begin to walk. You begin to, to move throughout your day with a deeper understanding of knowledge and a better desire and intention to, to apply the scripture. So, yeah. Um, Anytime we dig deep into Scripture, there's always going to be a, a, a million questions. And you're going to find that as you're kind of going through these horizon questions and then the, these, like, ten things to notice, it will probably, like, you'll have a million other questions coming. Like, well, well wait, hold on. What about that person? Well, how they end up there? and How did they get to that? And why is he saying this at this time? Why didn't he say this before? And all mm-hmm. these questions will begin to come in. And I just encourage you. Yeah, write those down too, and deal with those. Yeah, yeah. If you, you know when you have time and space, but also don't just let those things distract you from you know if you're reading Ephesians one this morning or or in the evening or whenever you do your your, your time in the scripture, um, stay somewhat focused on that. And as questions come up, write those down and deal with them. But but don't let your your time for Ephesians one be distracted by you know well what's adoption and what's this 
you know, the dividing wall and all those things. So yeah, and and uh, this this whole episode is to help you dig deep. Dig deep. Every time you read the Bible, it's not necessary that you dig deep. We think it's super helpful, and we think it you you should be digging deep. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that oh man, I've only got. I've only got 10 minutes. I don't have time to dig deep, so I'm not going to read the scriptures because I can't dig. You know what I mean? Right. No, yeah. Trust trust in the the ministry of the word. Like mm-hmm. you being in the scriptures, the Lord is going to use that to shape you and mold you. When you have the opportunity to dig deep, these are just some helpful things to think through as you're looking at the text. Sometimes when you look at the text and you're like, man, I really want to understand a passage, you don't know where to start. Right. These are just great things, great questions to be asking. Who's involved in this passage? What are some places that maybe are named? Maybe none of them are, but they're things to think through mm-hmm. to help you understand and meditate accurately on the passage. Yeah. And we just would encourage you to to have your time with the Lord, but also to bring other people into your your quest and your deep dives into Scripture, other faithful brothers and sisters in Christ who can help you to rightfully interpret and help to to gain knowledge uh, together in that way. So it is um, a slow process, a tedious process, but it is a, a greatly rewarding process. Even though you might not feel it right after you have your time of devotion, you might not feel it that day. You believe in the accumulative work of Scripture on your heart and the work of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Amen. So, hey, with that, thank you guys for tuning in and listening. Um, we appreciate your just dedication to the show. appreciate your heart and if you have any questions, if you have comments, or you just want to connect, or whatever, please do so. There's multiple ways to connect with us. We're on um, social media, on Instagram at Simple Theology Pod, or on Facebook. Go to facebook.com/simpletheology. Use hashtag Simple Theology Pod. You can find some of our, our stuff there. Um, you can also email us at info at simpletheology.org. You can head over to our website where you can see our episodes. You can see more about us. You can find some just really helpful resources we have on there. Um, You can find out even ways you can support the show via Patreon or via um, our audibletrial.com. You go to to audibletrial.com slash simpletheology. You can do a a trial through them. We get a little kickback. Huge thank you to our Patreon supporters. Seriously, you guys guys are super encouraging to us. Thank you. Amazing. Um, yeah, we'd love to hear from you guys. You can always call us. Mm. I don't know if we haven't had... It's been a while. It's been a minute. Someone, please, call us, say hey, tell us a good joke. Um, that number is 614-233-1098. Now, I know you have your pad and paper out, so here it is again. 614-233-1098. Thank you guys for listening. We appreciate you. Peace. Peace.